0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. I'm your host and producer, Jenny G. Cousins. So in order to catch these episodes and shows, you're going to have to subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast in order to watch these episodes. I'm on a lot of different platforms. You'll be able to catch it one way or the other. Now, the links will be in the description box below as well with my guest, where you can contact them at and so on. And if you feel, by the way, that you have a story that you would love to share with me, by all means, reach out because you never know. I could say, you know what? Let's have that chat. Let's do an interview. So I'm just saying, you guys, pay attention. Now, my guest today... He actually was on my my show when I had a television show at Shaw TV Studios called Soul Work. And I have invited him back on to my podcast because I just adore his energy. And you're all going to understand why I have done this. Now, before I introduce him and start chatting with him, I'm just going to read you just a tiny bit of his bio And then you're going to see what an extraordinary story this is. Now, my guest is named Douglas Craig. He is Reverend Doug, instructed for 30 years, over two tenures in the School of Business at the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology in Calgary. He has been actively involved in the new thought movement for over 40 years. He founded the Red Deer CSL in 1988 and served as its minister for over eight years. He served as an associate minister and member of the board of the Joy of Life CSL with Dr. Nadine Rogers for 12 and a half years. Doug is now a member and is a staff minister of Calgary CSL. Doug's extended ministry includes spiritual services. He provides such as guest speaking, weddings, memorials, counseling, and self-development awareness classes. He is also in demand as a professional. Professional Santa Claus and for his custom experiences in the Rocky Mountains. He's a genuine mountain man growing up in the Canadian Rocky Mountains. His primary message is attitude and choice equals consequence. His personal motto is if you change your attitude, you change your experience. Now, Revenue or Reverend Doug is well known for his passion with respect to the learning and application of spiritual principles. And thank you, Doug, for taking time out to have this chat with me today. I'm so excited to have you back on. Hey,
1: Jenny, it's great to be back. It's been a while. And uh, hey, when you're on the path, learning and growing is something that never ends. And so we're always unfolding and stepping into new and greater and more wonderful experiences in spite of some of the stuff life deals to us.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you've had quite the life, you've had quite the life story. Yeah. And this is, I wanted to bring you back on because you're like, you're such a huge inspiration. And the and people are going to understand why, because we're going to go back a bit (laughs) to once upon a time ago in your other life, as I call it many years ago. And we're going to start from there. And what brought you up to your journey where you are now? So now for some of you who are not aware, of course, Doug once upon a time ago, used to be in a gang. Now, you were in a gang many years ago, Doug. How did that start? Like, you're in a notorious, dangerous bike gang. Like, how did that start for you? Well,
1: actually, it started away before I got into that, uh, that era. That, that era started when I was 22 years old till I was uh, 31 years old. But then there is the previous nine years to that. So let's put it this way. My first brush with the law was when I was 14 years old and uh, I was actually taking my dad's homemade uh, moonshine uh, that he made and watering it down and selling it to the kids in junior high when I was 14 so I got shut down there and the last time I uh, had the experience when I decided it was time to change I was 30 and I got busted and charged with trafficking uh, ecstasy and I was looking at two to five years in prison and at that point in time, I, uh, I I was in a lot of trouble because I'd gone through a meth addiction with needles in the early 70s, and uh, I was at the peak of a $1,500 a, a, a week cocaine habit, which that was retail, not my thing. And I'd been in a motorcycle club slash gang for 10 and a half years altogether, uh and, and I was stopped, ticketed, and taken to the station or arrested. Only did two nights in jail, but lots of time there between five and 600 times, which is, I guess, quite a bit by normal standards. And I was one of those guys that was known to the police. So it was in the Bow Valley and in the city here. So all of that was going on in my life. And uh, it came to a climax that day. When in 1979, that I got arrested and charged with trafficking. And what the worst part about that was, yeah, I was in a lot of trouble, but I had done some good things and educated myself during that time. Hard to believe that's another part of the story. But the tough thing that I had to face with myself, and it's still even hard to talk about today was after the whole day proceeding interrogation and going through my home and everything was uh, being with the handcuffs on, being taken uh, out of the house uh, into the police car and taken to jail. But just before I was put in, I turned around and uh, there were my three little girls who were uh, three, four and five years old standing on the doorstep crying, saying, Don't hurt our dad. Don't hurt our dad. Then I realized, you know, I really had screwed up seriously here. I've done some good things, but I really screwed up seriously. And if I don't do something, it's going to be all over for me. And those three little girls are going to have to grow up with the memory of their father being like that. I got to tell you, that shook me to the foundation. And, you know, it took me the rest of the year to start turning around and a bunch of experiences, and then two years to be able to leave the motorcycle business with uh, honor. And because I had uh, been on the executive for six and a half years running the show, uh, I was privy to a, a lot of information that uh, never should ever be repeated, type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyhow, uh, that's that's how I started. And I remember that going through working with the power of positive thinking and things like that, and just mind power wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with any of that. No, well, not me. I can do it the other way. And I did some great things, you know. I had some great things, but then at the end of 1979, it all came crashing down because something was missing in my life and i didn't know what it was but i i didn't believe in the traditional god but i believed in something and i said okay that's it god if i could get my life back
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if i can be shown how to get my life back i would spend the rest of my life in service Mm -hmm. well you kind of watch what you say
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because you know you get an answer i had a lucid dream a few weeks later, a very lucid dream, so real, I couldn't believe it, because these friends of mine and my spouse at the time had been trying to get me to go to this spiritual center, uh, and I wouldn't do it, because, get that stuff away from me, but (laughs) there I am, saying, God, if there is a God, and I can get my life back, I'll spend the rest of it in service, and then this dream, there I was in this old facility, and it was an old theater, and it had a backdrop and a lectern and a couple of chairs and a man standing up there speaking. And I was sitting down in about the sixth row right in front. It was so damn real that I said to my uh, spouse, my friends, I'm going there next Sunday. And it was the second Sunday of January ni- uh, 1980. That's 44 mm-hmm. years ago last Sunday. Okay. Yesterday. Interesting. Yes. And I uh, went there and I walked in, and in the foyer, there was the guy that was in my dream. Whoa! It was in an old theater. And I walked in, and the curtain and the chairs were exactly like it was in the dream. And I walked up and I sat down, and he came out and talked. And I'm going, This is it. This is what I need to do for me. I'm going to find my way out of this. I was so excited that I didn't even realize that I walked in and sat in the same chair. Mm-hmm. The next week, I'm going there, and I'm sitting there again. I'm eager. And then, you know, I, I'd i heard the voice of the spirit before. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But it saved my bacon a few times. And I'm sitting there, and there's this voice saying, Doug, you're going to enjoy being a minister. What? <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but what? How the hell can that be? I mean, yeah. I'm in the dang business. I'm strung out. I'm just getting myself together. I got to go to March to see if I'm going to do two to five in prison. Yeah, I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then the voice said again, Doug, you're going to enjoy being a minister. I said, well, if that's what I got to do, you got to show me. Because I have no clue what that means. Eight years later, I stepped into the ministry after taking classes for five years. And I've been doing that work ever since. So that's how I got in there. And that's where I started.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, that little voice within that, you know, I I, I love those dreams. You know, what, what spirit shows us and then when we actually see it like literally yeah. happening like did you find like like you know even whenever you're in the gang and stuff like did you find that you were like counseling even other guys right y- you know at all and in, in any like in a in a positive sense
1: yes absolutely all the way through yeah and even now uh, the guys that got out earlier, they were just the motorcycling guys that weren't the bad guys that were really into crime like me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was one of the bad worst worse guys than that. But, uh, you know, we still get together every year. And there's just a few of us left. And I've known most of these guys over 52 years, except for my one bro, I've known 62. And we get together uh, every year and uh, for weekends. And sometimes during the year, we see each other or do business. And I always did things. I, I remember I was working with one guy, one one of the boys, and uh, damned if he didn't get murdered right in the middle of it. But that that happens sometime in that business, like counseling drug addicts and families. You know, uh, of the people I take on, I got a 65% rating, of good, recovery. The other 35% killed themselves yeah so when you're dealing at that level with people like that, you have to understand that. So I've been able over the years to be of assistance for uh guidance, counsel, weddings, funerals, and still, even today
0: yeah so you you are someone, and I mean, I know a lot of different people. you are someone who I consider to be a true authentic healer and and there I mean there's there's many reasons why. And it's like, so for these people who are in trouble with the law, right, of course, and in all walks of life, especially the notorious, dangerous people that you've even were involved with and so on once upon a time ago, when that person comes to you, you are going to make more of an effect on their life than some counselor who has gone to school, taking these courses and got a degree, like no offense to them. However, when you not, when you have that experience one-on-one hand, you truly can help transcend that person forward in quantum leaps and truly help them. I actually helped long story short myself, someone who was in the hell's angels without going into details, of course, um, I helped him and he was one of the, like, I'm not even going to talk about it, but, but I, I truly helped him and he, he got out and his whole life changed, you know, and you know exactly how to work with that type of people energy. You've been there, done that. And you of all people have healed that person in many different ways. That's how I'm seeing you, right? Like healers can come across in many ways and you are so authentic and many modalities well you know one of the
1: one of the most important things to realize that is that uh, uh, a lot of people think drug addicts aren't intelligent a lot of them are highly intelligent yeah and the one thing is the ones that are highly intelligent won't bother uh coming to see me or any of them unless they're serious yeah because they're smart and they can get people to buy into a lot of their stories. and However, if you've been there, you know, the stories. So yeah. it's not, not that relevant. And I've, I've done work up at the young offender center where they've had me and my buddy Jim and we talked to uh, kids at the young offender center and they've had me in to do gang stuff with the gang kids and, uh, oh, you know, over the years, I've been in schools where they've had gang problems and stuff like that. Or uh, I did a big—I uh, was a keynote speaker at the Morley uh, Reservation one time when three high schools, six Sika, and there was the uh, Morley and one of the groups from uh, the Blood Reserve, and they were all there, and they had all the bad boys right at the front. And all the all the bad guys. Because you know it don't matter what school you go, we got the bad guys. And they stuck them all right in the front where I was. And so uh guess what happened right off the bat? I engaged with them. Yeah. By the end of the session, I had them facilitating it, I had them directing it with all the good stuff, because they knew the bad stuff and they were telling people the good stuff. And they offered me a job working in the school right off the bat. Basically yeah. they like it, but that's because I, I can connect with them. And people say, well, how does an old guy like you connect with young people today? Yeah. Yeah. It's simple. And the simplicity is this kids die today the same way they did when I was young. They die from suicide. Yeah. They die from overdoses. They die from murder. And they die from vehicular homicides, one way or another. They still die the same way. So yeah. I make the connection and I never once ever told anybody what to do or what not to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause it's there. What own I journey do to... is
1: I say, based on what you're doing, I can add and I can tell you what it could look like over the next 14 or 15 years. If
0: you keep that up and if you live. Yeah. If yeah. you live. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. That that's the key. Yeah. And then
1: now I turn it all the way around to the people I connect with today that are just regular people that are just going through their journey experiencing that. Yeah, And and I've got a good connection with them and men too. Uh, You know, I got a good connection with gay men, but I'm talking straight men too. Yeah, Men are are really hardcore in this stuff, trying to get them in there to break through that shell. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. The ego takes over.
1: Well, yeah. And once you get through a tough guy, and you break through that shell man you got something there as you well know you just told me about it yeah i
0: i yeah i i always remember whenever um you know he he'd come actually see me for sessions and um yeah. i always remember when he fell to his knees crying you know and and yeah. he, he was like surrendering and and yeah. um it like it, it really really you know, there, there's certain people we meet, of course, that we never forget. And he was one of them
1: yeah. for
0: me. Yeah. And like it, it was, is it, I I felt his energy and his soul go right through my soul, you know, yeah. and I knew it that very second that he was, that he changed just, yeah. just like that. Right. Just, you know, cause I, I read right through him his level of consciousness and so on. And I touched different points in him that I could see cause I'm clairvoyant. To really help him. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's like trigger, trigger certain, certain things, right? To help that person. Of course, like if yeah. if somebody, like if 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 somebody came to you and they're like, you know what, like, um, I want to join a gang, let's say. What what would you say to them? Like if somebody came to you today and said, Doug, I just feel like I have to join this gang, like would you say anything or what would you say to that
1: Absolutely. person? Absolutely. You see, the first thing I would do is I would go into taking over control of the conversation. And that is by why? Why do you want to do that? And so I would then ask a series of questions to get back to what is the real reason, not the reason that they come up with, because... When you ask questions you create vulnerability and then you could get that back to that person and then they could see maybe there's another choice that they can make other than that you see yeah just like when you counsel someone to get out of it which yeah. is what i was doing yeah and i i had them right there and i remember saying you gotta go because it's too dangerous and I remember him looking at me and I said, I'm not really worried. I'm, I'm a real nobody now. Yeah. Next day, he was kidnapped and murdered. Uh, yeah. That will always stay with them. Yeah. However, you know, if you're going to be in the business like this, and if you're going to work with people at risk, you know, drugs and that, and they don't have to be from that life. They could be uh, professional business people that are at risk. Yeah. Whenever you work at people at risk, one has to be committed to what they're doing, not what the outcome is. Because I have no control or power over any outcomes. I can only do what I can do. That person has to step up the plate and do what they can do. And then whatever they do is up to them, not me. If I'm attached to that, they kill themselves, then I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm in a terrible place. I just yeah. know that that happens. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. That. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. And yeah. then the other thing is, a lot of times, I've got to tell people this. This is very important. Okay. I would never, if someone called me and said, well, I would like you to talk to my son. No, I will not do that. Because it's not going to do no good. What you need to do is have him say, I would be willing to talk to him and even to get to call me and I'll make an appointment to come over. Because it doesn't do me any good to go to somebody that has, oh, your mom told me to come and see. you." Ah, Well, I already know what's going to happen. Because I've been on the other end of it. Yeah, (laughs) That don't work. Yeah. got to be a, There's got to be something there.
0: Yeah. Okay, within that the they're ready. They're ready yeah. to try and somehow yeah. seek for right. help, right? That's right. And like
1: they've how- reached their bottom. Yeah. yeah. I've had yeah. a lot of people reach their bottom. Yeah. They say they reached their bottom, and I look at them, and I know they haven't. You know why? Because I ask them a few questions, and they're not willing to do this, or they're not willing to do that because of this reason. So they haven't reached their bottom. When you've reached your bottom, you're gonna take whatever's given to you that's right to do by a person
0: yeah. that knows. Yeah.
1: How yeah.
0: how did you because you you had like a like a weekly fifteen hundred dollar a week cocaine habit yeah. back then? Yeah. How did you like get out of your addiction? Like how did how did that work? Well that it, that's pretty intense, right? It's real easy actually. OK, now over the years, I've come
1: to know myself and realized, you see, I really didn't have all the qualities of a drug addict. I had an alcohol problem, not the qualities of an alcoholic. And any type of other uh, problem I had, I, I wasn't like the normal person. So eventually I found out and what my thing is, and I still have it, is obsessive compulsive disorder. So it's easy to quit the drugs. It only takes about three, four days till the physical desire is worn off. And then it's the psychological thing that you got to deal with after that. Okay. So, being a master and manipulation, I would quit that. And then I still had all my other addictions, quit that one. So, I would nail them one at a time hmm. till I get the one that was the most socially acceptable of all, which is uh, an eating disorder.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay? It's a whole lot better than all the rest. I mean, it's not good. yeah, But it's a whole lot better for me than the rest. So really what I found out I did was just substitute my addictions Mm -hmm. and eliminated them all and got down to that one. And then I had to really deal with the animal behind it eh? because the demon that behind it drove me to be obsessive in all of these areas. So Now that I've changed all that, okay, over time, a lot of time, I still have the obsessive compulsive disorder. So I I work at minimizing it and channeling it in positive ways. And the positive ways are being really intensely involved with my character roles, like Reverend Doug, Santa Doug, Mountain Man Doug, Professor Doug, Football, Doug, because I'm a freaking football fanatic, like you've never <laughs> seen. And Papa, Doug, because I love my grandchildren and my newest great little great great granddaughter. So I like kids. Wow. wow. Yeah. So,
0: so like, whenever you had your dream, and then you found yourself at the theater and such like that. Um, when did you start? Like, and and how did you like start your studies to be a minister?
1: Well, it was really interesting because at that time, the organization I was with uh, was a, let's call it New Thought Organization A, and they didn't have a program or that. And me, if I'm going to get into something, I, I jump right into it. I'm diving. And so there I am taking time to withdraw slowly from the motorcycle club business. And I'm a professor at Saint, teaching accounting. And I'm on the board of directors as the treasurer of the church, ching, ching. all at the same time. Try that on for yeah. <laughs> size. It was about a year and a half. So as I was on the board, ultimately something happened, and we went. I'd gone to a few seminars and seen some speakers and. Our minister resigned, and we went through a process of candidating. And I'd seen one lady that I really liked, and I brought her forward. Ultimately, I usually get what I want, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's who we chose, and she was with what was at that time Religious Science International, which is now the Centers for Spiritual Living. Yeah. And we work with Ernest Holmes and the Science of Mind. And I did the five-year course, started in September '83 graduated in May 88, moved to Red Deer and started in June 88.
0: Hmm. Did you take the, like, to, to study to be a minister, did you take it through through them or was it like yes. in class or online or something? It was class, live classes for
1: five years, once a week, except for, you know, over the holidays in the summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. took five years and then not only that, there's different milestones that you reach like being a practitioner and things like that and uh then you're actually going out working with people you know doing prayer or what we call spiritual mind treatment work we're actually going out and we work with people and uh that's where you get build the confidence and the faith and the understanding about how spiritual mind healing works so Mm -hmm. that was all part of it and then of course is the uh, you know you get trained to be a teacher and a speaker which I already was. Yeah. And so yeah. a lot of the quali- a lot of the qualities that I had that made me really good at being bad. I was really good at being bad. Like I mean successful, I mean didn't go to jail, I had lots of trouble, but then I made the transition and those talents and abilities that I had I took with me and I changed them into a positive outpicture, yeah. Of teaching, of counseling, of guiding, of directing, of leadership in a positive way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you explain what the new thought movement is for those well, who don't know? Yeah,
1: it's 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 really quite simple. The basic idea behind all of the new thought organization, which separates them from the standard religious organizations, is that in in any of them, and this is how you can tell whether they're really a new thought or not, because in any of them, there's no uh, there's nothing they're trying to control people at all, and telling them that if you don't do this, this is going to happen; if you don't do that, that's yeah. going to happen. Hey, it's here. It is if you want to learn and grow. We're going to, this is what we do. We'll guide you, lead you, support you in becoming whatever it is you want. Yeah. Or whoever it is you want to be. I, if you haven't figured out, am not the kind of person you're going to tell what to do and what not to do. Yeah. I find my own way. I'm a free spirit and a spiritual warrior. And I will not be dictated to like that. That's why I love what I do. Yeah. Because we don't dictate. We don't tell people what to think. We teach them how to think. Yeah, Big difference. People say what's one of the basic differences between that and maybe the standard beliefs and religions. We are open and receptive and we accept everybody. But I always say that people that are involved in a lot of religions are afraid of going to hell. People that are in the new thought movement, the spiritual movement, that way, they've already been to hell. Yes,
0: definitely. (laughs) You know, so we teach
1: that nobody knows about the greater later. Everybody tries to tell you what it's going to be, and you got to do this to get there and that. Well, we're all going to find out. But our leader, Dr. Ernest Holmes, teaches that heaven and hell are states of consciousness. Yeah. Anybody been to hell this week? Maybe even today. How about to yeah. heaven? Yeah. Right here, right now, folks. Yeah. That's what it's at.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, do you like, are you still doing like wedding ceremonies or, or oh, like? Yeah. You yeah. Know,
1: I, I don't have any cards or any advertising because if you want, me, you have to find me. So, I did a wedding three years ago, November 3rd, ice and snow. It was terrible, but it was a crusty day. But they want to bear your lookout. It's just under a 400-meter climb. So me and my buddy, we went there about an hour and a half before the young people. We got at the top at the same time, by the way. <laughs> I did the wedding up there and then come back. So I do wedding. I do weddings anywhere or anytime, customized to the heart's desire, long as they're not religious because you need yeah. to have some of your faith, Yeah. in my opinion, if you're religious. And not if you're satanic, I don't do that. But anything in between, I'm open and receptive to. And I do counsel and guidance. I'm a guest speaker. I've been a guest speaker at Unity of Calgary once a week or once a month for over 20 years. Wow. And I speak at the Calgary Center for Spiritual Living, Red Deer Center for Spiritual Living, Zoom. I'm I'm scheduled for... West Hawaii coming up here I think it's February.
0: Oh, with Rita and Patrick?
1: No, it's with uh Nadine Rogers. I don't go with the the West uh West Hawaii uh center for spiritual Okay. Medicine.
0: Yeah, cuz I, I don't know... know who are
1: people are. Yeah, just I... on my calendar for
0: now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cuz I know Patrick and Rita at the CSL in Kauai. Yeah, well that might be them. Yeah, I know them. They're actually really yeah. good friends of mine, and I I had met them when I was out there. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know which one it is, but uh, I, I've got it scheduled. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, that's so Operating awesome. Rogers is the one that uh, is the current uh, interim minister there. So
0: that's amazing. That that's well, truly I do all amazing. of that
1: kind of stuff, and uh you know, uh, for example, tomorrow uh, I got a call from a businessman that he's concerned about. Some of the stuff that's going on in his business from the accounting point of view. Yeah. So he hired me to do some consulting. So I'm going to go out there and, uh, you, you know, get him on the right track in the right yeah. direction because I've taught auditing and stuff like that. So you see, that's and awesome. I get
0: to use all, all that kind of stuff that uh, yeah. that I, I'm
1: good at and yes. I love doing. It.
0: Yeah. So now, also for those of you who don't know, Doug is also a professional Santa Claus <laughs> <laughs> how how long Doug have you been doing that for
1: we turned Pro in 2014. okay and so this year was our 10th season and it really I I always did an amateur thing I had a Santa suit and I go to take some kids, and when I was in the motorcycle club, it was nice to be Santa for my kids at their school parties, because uh, everybody didn't know it was me, and they weren't afraid of me, see? <laughs> like they were other types. So I always did that, and my honey, when she come, she told me uh, uh, right after we got together, you don't, you're you a Santa. You know that. You're going to be a Santa. So she, she really got me going. She went to the Santa school here in town, and Got some information, and we went, took Santa schools two seasons, and started out right from there. And uh, and again, you, you see, people say, well, how how did you grow it into what we got? I'm booked for next year on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, we didn't grow it by advertising or anything. We grew it by demonstration, yeah. by being Santa and Mrs. Claus. And so we prepare for that totally different than most people because during the season, for about four or five months, every morning we get up and we do a meditation together. Mm -hmm. And we clearly see ourselves as Santa and Mrs. Claus. And we draw from the collective consciousness of Santa and Mrs. Claus, established in the minds and the hearts of children, parents, and grandparents. And we draw that through us and express it by means of us in our own unique and special way. So once it's established in consciousness, as you well know, all you do is step into the experience, and what you need is given to you right on the spot. Yeah. And it is powerful. I had several experiences where the kids were so neat, I have to look at their mothers or fathers right there, and I said, you know, I get paid to do this. I can't believe it. I mean, I can't tell you what the experiences are because there's no words. Yeah. You can't have them because you can't buy that. Yeah, and we get them given to us because we're willing to give back. Yeah, we're willing to give of ourselves, and we get it back. People so say we must enjoy working for the children. We're doing it for the children. No, we don't do it for the children. We do it for the family you see so then it's then when you do it that way it's inclusive in the energy that you create and people not they don't maybe know nothing about it but when they step into that energy and they see that and they experience it they just walk away shaking their heads so it's just wonderful wow
0: so you you also had to go to santa school how oh, how long out. like how long of a training well it was it just a weekend Okay. okay. Just a weekend of suggestions
1: about costuming and that, but basically more than that, it was networking with other people. And we met another couple, and this was their first Santa school, and uh, they're in the business. And she's a master seamstress, so we work back and forth. And I've given them some leads. They're out of town, and we're good friends. And we, you know, we get together and change stories and that, and, and ways and different things to do. So, you know, it's a network. Just yeah. Like any profession.
0: Yeah. So, if somebody came up to you, because of course yeah. everybody has their own experiences, like yeah. uh, you know, for Christmas, if somebody came up to you and said, "You know what, Doug? I don't believe in Christmas." Change my mind. Like, what would you say? Well, you know,
1: you don't have to believe in Christmas. It's not about just believing in Christmas. It's got really nothing to do with that because Santa is much bigger than culture and religion. And the real idea behind what's going on in the Christmas experience, as you're calling it, with Santa and is a creation of an opportunity for people to experience a little peace, prosperity, fulfillment, happiness, some joy, some hope, and an energy of love. And the giving and receiving. That's what it's all about. It's all about those qualities. Yeah. And giving that. And then, of course, Santa can give a lot of wisdom because a lot of times children have some very interesting questions that they ask. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or
1: very interesting things that they want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and uh, being in this teaching and philosophy that I followed, I'm able to do that. For example, one of the popular ones is, all I want, Santa, is world peace. Oh, yeah. Well, dear, I'm going to tell you, Santa's going to tell you how you can do that. Yeah. Let's get your family over here. Yeah, so, yeah. No matter how many are. And I said, you know, so and so would like to have world peace. Would you be willing to support her in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's only one way that that's going to ever happen. And that's if, as if you as a family and us and everybody as a family, if you start working at experiencing peace inside of yourself and bringing peace into your life, then other people will see it, they'll feel it, and they'll want a part of it. And then you can share world peace. Yes, it's going to take some time. There's no magic bullet here, folks. But that's the way it can be done. I I got that. I get that every year,
0: all the time. Yeah, I figured you would. Yeah. Okay. So what is, what is your definition of God? Um...
1: Well, I guess the best way is to tell you what God isn't. In mind. God isn't separate from man. And God is not an answer of a being that sits out there and pushes levers and stuff like that and gives it to you for no apparent reason. Maybe just because you piss them off or something like that. But anyhow, you know, it's not something separate from ourselves, And it's not a man. Sorry. <laughs> not an old man. And definitely not a white man. Be real clear about all these pictures you see about Jesus and that. Man, he wasn't white. I hate to tell you, didn't have blue eyes, long hair, wasn't six feet. (laughs) He was one dirty little guy over there with brown stuff on and brown skin. So be real clear. It's not about that. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about the energy. It's about the power It's about the presence that's non-discriminating that works for everybody all the way around, all-inclusive and the way we can relate to it and utilize the divine powers given is by understanding what the laws are, how it works. For example, one of the best ones I can tell you is giving and receiving. Yes. What you sow, you let you reap. I always tell people if you don't look Like what you're getting, look at what you're giving. And I take it back to attitude. Do you know how much conflict I had in my life for 19 years? Yeah. And I had king-size attitude. Yeah. And I had king-size kick-butt experiences, both giving and receiving. Yeah. When I started changing my attitude, my experience started to change. Yeah, And now I got a really good attitude almost, well, most of the time, nobody got that perfect. And most of my experiences are delightful. So that's the giving and receiving. That's law. Mm-hmm. Just like gravity. If I was having a seminar and say, we're going to go and defy the law of gravity, we're meeting up after the service on top of the church. And then what we're going to do is, with faith, we're going to step off Yeah. And walk. Yeah. Now, that yeah. defies the law of gravity. It don't matter what you think. You know what's going to happen to you. You're going down. And that's the same thing. You can't keep giving guff and expect love back. Yeah. It won't work. So yeah. that's one of the basic premises. There's other laws that work around, like, you know, what? Uh, the laws like the tithing of your time, talent, and treasure. What you give comes back to you, multiplied down. So don't, you know, it's all about giving and receiving. It's all about self acceptance or self rejection. Yeah. And there's little tools to help us along there and deeper, deepening down our understanding and begin to read the signs. One of the things I teach is I teach people how to set intention and direction. Yeah. And how to watch for the signs. Because the spirit always guides you. It's just that we don't get it until somebody whacks us over the head with a two by four. Yeah. It's there all the time. It's always spirit always gives us learning by inspiration. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get
0: it, then it progresses to desperation. Yeah.
1: yeah. So so, uh,
0: so what like what's next for you, Doug? Like what what's what's next well, for you?
1: I got a story and a for you, Jenny, on that,
0: <laughs> and it talks
1: about exactly what I'm talking about. So, for the last couple of three years, I've been in kind of a holding pattern because I was looking after uh, my my honey and I, my brother in one care facility, my lifelong friend in another, and our auntie. And I'm being of service, and I'm guest speaking, doing my stuff, and not really doing anything new, but just being happy. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we're just really enjoying things, and then. uh, I took a course last fall and it was a basic, it's called foundations, the basics of our science of mind teaching by Ernest Holmes. And I hadn't taken the beginning course since 1983. So I thought, well, you know, what the heck, 40 years, I can do it again. And so I took the course and decided to really work it. And some things began to happen. I'll tell you about the course there again, but uh, I I got to step back in time. To 30 years before this and I had these two things on my bucket list that I really wanted to do I really wanted to get a book out and get my teaching out that I'd learned because I'd learned quite a bit in those 10-11 years and uh, I, I really wanted to get a bit part in a major movie because I thought I could be really good at that because I played bit roles and roles in all my life so I'll, I put it on there and I had a bunch of other things. I've done pretty much all of it except for that. And then I'm so busy, I just dropped it. When I was in Santa school, now this is going to be another side of the story. Then we'll <laughs> come back to it. Uh, there was a group that come and did a video movie documentary on the Santa school and followed through the lives of two Santas. Myself and another guy that was XRCNP. And so we did that. And it was, they played on TELUS for three, four, five Christmases, yeah, stuff like that. Anyhow, so there's that. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And my passion is telling stories. So yeah. I, I, I I, was on this country and Western station with this couple. They just love my stories. They moved over to Today Radio 101.5, Bo and Jess. I moved with them because I just love them and their show. They're great. And they always answer the phone when I call. And so I tell the stories over there. Okay? So we got that set. Now we're going back to the course. So in the course, one of the things was visioning. And I'd done visioning before, but I decided I'm going to really get into it because I, I need to go somewhere. And visioning is not visualization. You don't know where you're going. You just open up to the idea. Spirit, show me where to go. Show me what's next. Take me. I'm ready. Of course, then one of the things that's also necessary is to release anything that you still need to release. And I had done a ton of forgiveness work. But I had this one guy on the list. I'm just not taking him off. And it come off in my face. So I got to do the forgiveness so what happened after that? I did the forgiveness. And then one day I get a call from the lady that did that uh, did the movie. Mm. And she has her own business here, Snapshot Video Productions here in Calgary, Laura O'Grady. And she calls me and she'd been listening to the radio and knew that that was the Doug that was the Santa she shot. So she gave me a call one day and we got together and she said, you know, I'm thinking that there's a real movie production here of your life and the change that you made and inspirational, and all of that. Yeah. And so there it is. And, and she's, we're into the stage now. Next meeting, we're going to start talking about how the story is going to be delivered. And she came up with the idea of starting right where I am now and then going back to the beginning. No bringing it forward, and God, I could play a bit part in a major movie, couldn't I? Yes, I got my <laughs> book started, so yes, yeah. So anyhow, you want to know what's next? Yeah, That's what's on the table right now, and where yeah. it goes and what happens. Well, yeah, who knows? I we may have to do another show in a year or so.
0: Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Of, of course, of course. Yeah. Right, as as I said, you're the only person who I invited back. <laughs> well, um, from when I had that. my television show, yeah. right? You know, for many reasons, many reasons, right? Because there's yeah. just so much more to talk about and and, and share, right? Like, it's it's oh, really heavens. endless.
1: Yeah.
0: It's really yeah. endless.
1: Well, it never stops growing. Y- y- yeah. You know, uh, the only creature on the planet, the only living thing that tries to stifle its own growth and change is human beings. Yeah, everything else just goes with it. Yeah, and if we would start doing that, then we could give some direction to the change.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I have to know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because there's so many people, of course, who you know are like are depressed and anxiety and and who are giving up hope with with so many different things. You know, and I mean that's why I do my work that I do you know, and work with people because, you know, even if I even have one person per day, let's say, I know that my job is done because I channel and work with the Christ consciousness myself. You know, I've had many near-death experiences, you know, which got me more in tune with the Christ consciousness as he, as he was standing right in front of me, long story, you know, and certain circumstances can really change somebody. and, And I always take like a traumatic situation. And change it into a positive, right? Because I, yeah. because even, you know, like a situation, I'm like, you know, what did I truly learn from that? Like, what, what did that teach me? You know, as we go through it, of course, we're like, oh, my gosh, right? But certain incidences, I'm like, okay, that's God's way of pushing me forward. That's God's way of pushing yeah. me out of that. Because, you know, my soul wants me to move forward into a different direction. And I surrender absolutely absolutely everything like i work towards whatever it is i'm doing you know and i surrender it i i don't think anything more of it you know and you know it, it's it's all about showing love and compassion and unconditional love towards everyone and not ever judging anybody for anything
1: right, right. we
0: all have lessons to learn and it's our own journey of self-discovery if we're open receive
1: I always say this for me that my soul knows where I need to go and what I need to do to experience peace prosperity fulfillment and happiness and I know I am divinely guided led and directed to the fulfillment of this declaration and I am open and receptive to following the signs and taking the necessary actions as presented
0: Yeah, that little voice even that little voice you had right that little voice and you're like how can i like how like you know like from a like a biker gang member and all of that to like a ministry like like what and then to santa claus and now and like really you know it's that that little voice i always tell people you know like when you're really passionate towards something when you follow your passions no matter what it is you're going to find your soul's calling and soul's passion when you're open to the new and so on like i even do photography just as like a meditation right it's something i'm very passionate about i'm not like a professional at it but i really enjoy it and i i've even had like not geographic like say wow that's a really good picture and i'm like whoa what are you talking about like really you know it's like staying true to yourself being authentic and showing kindness and love towards others right and to self Yes, yourself so, ab- absolutely like yeah. I'm hard on myself at times and I'm like, okay, Jenny, like you got to show yourself love and compassion. You know, we're not perfect. We learn and we all have our good days and not so good days and, and, and such like that. And, you know, it it's just going with your own rhythm of what yeah. feels right for you. You know, you could have 10 people saying don't go this direction. And it could stop you right in your tracks with fear. But that little voice is like, Go that direction because that's the direction God wants you to go towards that your soul wants you to gravitate you towards because right. we want you to go that direction because there's something there that's going to open up new right. doors for you and and expand and share more of who you are as long as you're being authentic.
1: And that's what I call a defining moment. Yeah. And I'll share you with this. I I, I don't usually like talking about it, but it was really my defining moment in my life and it was 1972 and i was on a slippery slope to hell and i had uh latched onto a quarter pound of pure rock crystal meth and uh i transitioned myself into a needle user so i was using the needle on that three four weeks not much I'm obsessive all day long and i had track marks and you know, all the stuff that go with it. And I woke up one morning and I was in a chair slumped over and it was early morning and it was a older home in the kitchen. And there was a party pack of needles over there. That's a diabetic 30 party pack all over the floor and all the stuff to cook, filter and that and strap you off and hit you up. And uh, I looked at my arms and I remember looking at everything and I'm just I just was so disgusted with myself and hated myself so bad. And I knew I disgraced my friends and my family and everybody. And I went through that process of realizing that the best thing I could do for everybody was just end it all and take myself out of it. And then, you know, nobody would have to put up with what I had become. And so I convinced myself that was the right thing to do. And and uh, of course, this is the defining moment. I mixed up an overdose. Yeah. And I gone through one by one the family. It was quite a process. And I was quite comfortable with what I was about to do, which is jam it in and do it. And just as I got ready, the voice spoke. And it said, But your mother loves you. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So that was my defining moment in life because it was going to go one way or another. That was my bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I reached other bottoms along the way, but not like that. That was the bottom, believe me. So I know when I say, look you in the eye and tell you, I know what the bottom's like. Yeah. I am not telling a lie.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It
0: is not nice. Yeah. No, it, it, exactly. By the grace of God, I got the message. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and and that, again, is is why I want to share more of your story and who you are and such like that. Right. And th- this inspiration of where you were and where you are now, it's, it's really extraordinary. Y- you know, like crises can really bring a breakthrough. It It really can yeah. push us way out of our comfort zone. You know, and especially for like, you know, that's why I surrender everything. I, I had it. to start surrendering everything when yeah. that's all I had left was to say, I surrender. That's the only thing I had left, entirety, in my entirety was surrender, just surrender. And that's exactly why yeah. I do that for many, 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 many years, many years for many reasons.
1: One of the things I I really like to be clear with on people when they're uh, going through a trauma or a situation right now uh, is I tell them that you can't have a breakthrough until you have a breakdown.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Because it doesn't matter. Jesus said you can't put new wine into an old wineskin. Same thing. You, you, You got to break down the old way. And it crumbles and it's painful. Before you can embrace the new way, and another good way to look at it is, not all storms come to disrupt your life; some come to clear your path.
0: Yes, yeah, it's that trust in that faith. You know, and that yeah. and that's why I work and in, in channel with the Christ consciousness, yeah. faith, faith, and trust the process. That's right, right, surrender. So now, if if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, Doug, like what? What's the best way? I mean, we're going to put the links, of course, below yeah. and everything, but what is the best way for somebody to reach you?
1: Well, the best way, actually, I think you're going to, are you just putting the links or you put email on?
0: Oh, we'll, we'll put that. We'll we'll put, yeah, yeah we can do that. I can well, have my team. Yeah, the, the
1: best yeah. way for me is email. And, you know, like I'm on Facebook, but that's a public media forum and that. So the yeah. best way to contact me personally is by my email.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know,
1: that I mean, you could you could post on the other ones if you want stuff like that. Yeah. Um. However, I'm very very particular about what I post with respect to that. Yeah. Of course, my website you'll see it's all all the character roles I have. You'll see Santa Doug, Professor yeah. Doug, Reverend Doug, <laughs> yeah. Mountain Man Doug, Papa Doug. So you know, it's all my character roles that were on the social media. This kind of real testy stuff i i like to keep away
0: exactly exactly yeah. and and i want to thank you for taking like for taking the time and and you know like chatting with me today you know like Norm's going to be over the moon like oh doug right <laughs> Norm, you know norm of course yeah right? yeah 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 so I he's going to be over the him
1: moon. for a long time
0: yeah i know i know Right. Like I'm going to be like, once it's up, I'm going to be like, okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And, and of course I want to thank everyone who, who's tuned in, who, who watches the episodes and such like that. And, you know, make sure you guys, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel in order to get, you know, weekly content and videos and so on. And to my podcast in order to watch these episodes and don't forget to make some comments. Let me know. Like, let me go, let me know what you guys think. And if one of you has a story that you're like, you know, I'd really like to share my story. Reach out to me because you never know when I'm going to say, let's do this. Let's have that conversation. And thank you, Doug. And for- again, thank not-
1: <laughs> just wanted to mention that it was uh, Laura Grady that's working with me from Snapshot Video Productions. Eh? Okay. Because she's, uh, she's a
0: really great soul. Well, there we go, you guys. There we go. You got so much information now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and thanks, thanks a lot,
1: Jenny, for having me on. Oh. I know that divine right action takes place in our lives. Yeah. And there's that which is constantly unfolding. Bringing to us greater opportunities to share the wisdom and wealth that we come across. Yes. And so (laughs) it
0: is. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, everyone. Until next episode, I want to wish you a beautiful day. Namaste.